Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Hyperion Adventures podcast. I'm so happy to have you here with us. My name is Tom Howell. I'm here with my lovely wife, Michelle. Hello, hello. So good to have you all with us on our premiere episode, the first ever episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. And what we're going to be here to do with you uh, week to week is we're going to be here to share what we love. And most of that is things Disney, things Star Wars, things Marvel, you know, general pop culture. We're not just that. We like things like Harry Potter and we like things like Lord of the Rings. And we love the parks, too. Um, but we'll be sharing all those things with you uh, and giving you some tips along the way. Showing you how you can have the best experience when you visit the parks, whether you go on Disney Cruise Line, run Disney, all the different possibilities that might come your way. Yeah, I, it's one of my favorite subjects. And, uh, you know, when you go into my office, all you can see is all kinds of collectibles that I have gotten over the years. And uh, I can never talk, stop talking about anything Disney. So... It's a great, great thing that we're going to be doing here. So since this is our debut episode, what we thought we'd do is introduce ourselves to you. You don't know really us. Maybe some of you do. Some of you are friends of ours or acquaintances, I can say that, acquaintances of ours <laughs> uh, from out there in the cyber world. But uh, we are two huge Disney fans, as you could hear from my wife, Michelle, there. Uh, and uh, we have done a lot of things Disney. We have done Run Disney. We've done several races. Uh, I've done. What, pardon me? Cruises. We've done many cruises on Disney Cruise Line. We are both platinum on Disney Cruise Line. We're members Woo! of D23, uh, the Disney official fan club. Uh, we are Disney Vacation Club members, and we are annual pass holders for both parks. So we have a wide range of experience dealing with uh, all things that revolve around Disney and, and, and such. So uh, we are here to help bring our expertise and talk about the subjects of the day. But like I said, first of all, I want to introduce ourselves and let you know who we are. And I'm going to start with my lovely wife, Michelle, and let her lead us off. Ladies first. All right. Well, thanks, Tom. Well, as I mentioned, obviously, I have a lot of passion about Disney. Uh, originally, East Coast girl, born in Massachusetts. But fortunately, my parents moved to Orlando and, hey, Disney World. Hello. Ta -da! So that was a lot of fun. Uh, and now I'm a West Coast girl in San Diego and getting to experience then the Disneyland side of the Disney parks. Uh, the other thing that Tom failed to mention is we've also gone to Paris Disney. Yes, yes. And our plans are to pick up some other visits around the world now that Disney has expanded so much. So uh, I am a healthcare worker. And I, uh, like I said, I'm an enthusiast about Disney. I love to not only talk about Disney, but help people plan trips, give them tips, you know, so that they can experience all the fun that we do when we're traveling or we're doing, you know, any, anything Disney. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we're here for is that we've uh, been through many things in our lives. We've grown up Disney fans uh, for a long time, obviously, as we've already discussed at length. Uh, but we've experienced it in different ways. We both have, we, we met from different relationships um, and we have children from different relationships, but we've grown up with them, taking them to the park. Michelle's son actually is a special needs child. Uh, so, you know, she's had to deal with some of that 
as we've uh, as he's grown up, and so she has some knowledge on if you have a special needs child, uh, how you might approach some of the parks and, or some of, or the Disney Cruise Line or whatever. Right, and that's what's wonderful about Disney too is that they do recognize and help support you know, families that have children of special needs. And it's also really great that I've had over the years opportunities to meet some exciting cast members who have family members also. Um, My son has Down syndrome and autism. So I've met some really wonderful cast members that have um, really been amazing at giving us a phenomenal experience because of their experiences with their own family members. Absolutely. And now we also have other adult children and we also have some, I won't say the G word to her because she likes to go by Mima, but we have some grandchildren as well. So we're seeing them uh, as young ones coming into the parks nowadays. And uh, we like to, now we're, like we said, our children are grown. We go to the parks For adult time a lot of times, too, so we can show you how to experience that as just a couple adults if you want to just go out and have a date night at Disneyland, which is is a great time. We love that more than anything else. Yes, Disney can really cater to the adults as well as the children or the children in the adults, as I guess I think about it. Um, I do have a lot of... Minnie Mouse ears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little. You got a couple pairs. Just a few. <laughs> so, yeah. And so to talk about myself, I grew up on the West Coast. This is what's interesting about the two of us. I grew up on the West Coast. I grew up going to Disneyland. So I'm sort of a Disneyland aficionado. She grew up, as she said, on the East Coast uh, in and around the Orlando area. Grew up as a Disney, Walt Disney World aficionado. We met through a strange circumstance before online dating was actually ever online dating. We just kind of run in, ran into each other online, instantly had this attraction to one another, and eventually met up, and I convinced her to move out to the West Coast, which we all know is the best coast. Uh, <laughs> sorry for all you out there on the East Coast, really, West Coast. Best, best coast. thing that happened to me, though. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's the most wonderful thing that happened in both our lives. But we were able to uh, bring these two worlds of Disney together. We've done Disney cruises. Like I said, we are platinum on that. We've done other cruise lines as well, Princess, Carnival, Royal Caribbean. So we can tell you, like, if you have any questions about comparing cruises, you know, how does a Disney cruise rate up to a princess cruise or a carnival cruise or a royal cruise? We can help you with that. We're here for that. Well, we also have started doing Run Disney just over the last three years. And uh, I've now done over a dozen races. Michelle, I believe you've done about 10. Yes. Um, and one thing that that's really inspired me to do and actually both of us to do is is I have lost – more than 70 pounds since I started running. You look amazing, honey. Well, thank you. Uh, since we started running with Run Disney, and it was the inspiration. We, we went one day uh, going to Disneyland, and there were all these traffic stops. Well, what's going on? Why can't we get into the parking lot? Well, they were running the Tinkerbell half marathon that day. We didn't know it going in, but we looked, and we, we went through the park that day, and everybody was wearing their medals and smiling and having such a good time. We're like... You know, we had just started to run a little bit before that. We were like, we should get involved in this. So we started looking forward. Of course, at that time, you had to book well in advance. So it took us a while before we finally booked a race. But in 2015, I believe it was, we booked the Thor 5K for the two of us. And that was just fantastic. We have a funny story for that. We're not going to save it or share it today. But later on, I have a funny story about our first ever run Disney experience. But just to say that we since then have run races on both coasts. It's inspired us to lose weight, 
be in better shape. And we just love Run Disney to death along with uh, everything else that we're doing uh, Disney-wise. Right. The Run Disney races are a lot of fun. And they really help you be inspired to, you know, get in shape. Um, It's a journey that I went on not too long ago to actually do my first half marathon. And I thought that was going to be something nearly impossible to ever do. But uh, following some of the great resources that they have on their uh, webpage and everything, I was able to actually accomplish it. So yeah, it was incredible. I, she was, she had never run over 5k and then four months later, she's running 13.1 miles. It's insane. It's crazy. And Disney is so very helpful in, in getting people to their goal, whatever it may be, whether it be to just finish a 5k for the first time, whether it to be do a 10k, whether it to be a half marathon, whether it to be one of the challenges where you do the 10K and the half marathon, they have some really good training packages to work you through those. So originally, as we were going through this, I was going to pretty much just stop, just introduce ourselves, maybe give a couple tips, which we will have a couple tips for you kind of near the end of our show. But as I was going through this, I noticed there was some big news Disney-wise that had come out over the last couple days, and I just felt I, I couldn't let this sit over a week until we go to our next podcast before mentioning a couple of these things. And one thing that happened recently, I'm sorry. Did you I was going to say, do share. Ah, I do. I will. I will. Uh, this came recently uh, within the last couple of days out of the Orange County Register. And I shouldn't be surprised by this. I think we are all kind of expecting this, but for Disneyland pass holders, there are going to be some big changes coming over the next year. Uh, and I think that we all knew this was coming with, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge uh, opening up next summer. Um, we And you and I, we, we've been in the parks recently just a couple times. The crowds right now are insane there. It is so busy. They keep raising the prices, yet people keep coming. So they need to figure out a way with Galaxy's Edge coming and more people coming to help kind of curb this crowd. So when you go there, you can actually have an enjoyable day and what they decided to do is that they're going to change the annual passport process. So starting next year, it looks like, according to this Orange County Register story, um, in June of next year, there's going to be many blackout dates for parks in total for many of the annual passes. Uh, so what it looks like, if you are a Southern California annual passport, which you can only renew right now, you can't buy a new one of these, but... you. You'll be able to, in June of next year, and I'm sure this will extrapolate further on through the summer, you're only going to be allowed to go into Disney California Adventure for 20 dates during the month of June, and you will not be able to go into Disneyland at all during that month if you have that passport. If you have the select SoCal annual passport, which is the cheapest of the passports that are still available... You will only be able to go into California Adventure for three days in the month of June and no time in Disneyland during that month. Wow, if so you got to plan well. You have to plan well. Uh, and you may want to think about either upgrading or, you know, maybe you decide that annual passport isn't worth it anymore. Maybe if you decide to go, you just buy single-day tickets to whichever park you want to go to. Right. The deluxe annual passport, you will only be able to go to Disneyland 13 days and you will have 17 days to go to Disney California Adventure. Right now, just as a comparison, the Deluxe Annual Passport for this month, for June 2018, okay. you can go 25 days to either park. 
the select passport, you can go to four days at either park. And the SoCal annual passport, you can go 19 days to either park. But again, this is all changing. There will be a lot less people that have these annual passports that will be able to go into Disneyland. And as you know, you and I know, uh, and for those of you that are out, you know, there are uh, people that go to Disney World quite often. That is driven mostly by tourists. There are annual pass holders, right. there are a lot, of, but it's not like Disneyland. Disneyland is pretty much run by annual pass holders. So you can tell the difference on blackout dates because it's all, it, and not that there aren't tourists there, but it's mostly local. Right, right. So on this new changes, is it blocking out then more than just the weekends? That's what it looks like. Well, obviously, because there are dates that you can't go at all to some of the parks. Uh, I haven't I, I haven't actually looked at the calendar yet because I guess the calendar is out for, it's a 13-month in advance calendar now, so you'll be able to look that far ahead to see what's happening. Um, but, you know, obviously, if you can only go to the parks for 20 days of in one month to say it's California Adventure for 20 days in one month, that's probably doesn't include any weekend days. Right, right. I, I would imagine that the Deluxe has at least some weekend days open, but I, it may not because you only can go 17 days to California Adventure, uh, 13 for Disneyland itself. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of more weekends that are going to be opened up. Um, you know, it's it's troubling for a lot of people. By the way, the, the Signature Annual Passport, you know, the two, top two, the Signature and the Signature Plus, those are still going to be wide open. If you have spent the money, which it's a lot of money to have one of those, but if you have spent the money for those, you don't have to worry. Nothing's going to change for you. It's for the, some of these lesser passports. And it's tough. You know, they, we've seen Disney, as I've spoken earlier, we've seen them continue to raise prices, raise prices, and people complain all the time. And I understand it. It's tough. It's tough when you look and you're trying to bring something. We bring family members. We have annual passports. But we have family members that come from Arizona or other places. And we look to get them tickets. And you look at how much it is total for, a, you know, a, a day at the park. And it starts to add up very quickly. And for a lot of people, you know, it's it's unfortunate that they can't afford it. But at the same time, we go out there. You know what it's like. Right. It gets really busy, you know. And like you were mentioning, the fact that the annual pass holders really are the ones that are the driving force to a lot of the crowds. Uh, unlike Orlando, here it's so close and easy to get into the parks that even on a regular weekday you can go out there and be it's great you kind of feel like you have the park to yourself and then all of a sudden it's about 3 3 30 and you start noticing a lot more crowds and that's the annual pass holders that are coming in after kids get out of school and that's great and it's a wonderful experience for them and it's wonderful that they have that opportunity that's very different than what you see at florida because it is just a little bit more of a drive to get actually on to the property there. Uh, so we've talked about this in the past. They really do need to look at ways to be able to manage the crowds, to be able to let people have a wonderful time, and yet not price pointed out that it's such an exclusive experience that, you know, only the you know, the few who can really afford it can get to go. So actually, it's kind of nice news to hear that they are making some plans. And I'm sure as they roll these things out, they will tweak it. One thing Disney does is they do listen to and respond to what their customers are saying. And with the new Star Wars land opening up, that's going to bring an enormous amount of crowds. Especially, oh, it's going to be crazy. It it's is. It's going to be insane. And especially considering that the one on the East Coast will not open till later in the fall, um, there's going to be a lot of people really traveling and excited to come out here to see 
you know, the very first Star Wars land open. And so having some plans is a, is a smart thing to do to make sure people are having a wonderful, wonderful experience. Well, that's the there. main thing. I, I, again, they keep raising the prices, yet there's people there all the time, you know, so somebody's paying these prices. And yes, it's tough for a lot of people, and I understand it. Uh, but if, if they keep the prices at the rate they were, unless they unless you're going to say, look, you know, at some point of the day, we're just going to close off the park. And, you know, if you don't if you go out there and you're planning your day, but maybe you're a little bit late, and, you know, the, you know, sometimes getting, you all know getting these kids together and right. getting out the door and getting them into the van and. And all the way, and then getting parking, getting to the park, you could run later than you planned to get there, and you end up getting there after all that, and the park is closed. Well, this is kind of a way, I guess, to do it where at least it's not going to be – you'll know going in what you're what you're looking at as exactly. far as uh, whether or not you can get into the park and such. But it'll be interesting to see how this progresses. I agree with you. I think that they're going to look at this – and see how it plays out, and maybe they'll open it up later. But they, you know, I they for Galaxy's Edge. I know I'm excited. I know you're excited. Oh Everybody I know is so excited. We were got to go to the uh, uh, the Disneyland After Dark Star Wars night. Uh, Total gosh, fun. Yeah, it was uh, actually it was May the fourth or May third into May the fourth. Right. Uh, but we got to sit in in a panel, and they were showing some pictures of the actual Millennium Falcon. That they're going to have there, that you're going to be able to walk next to, that you're going to be able to sit into the cockpit and drive, and it is amazing looking. It is so detailed. I was going to say the amount of detail of you know, every aspect of it, and it just it looks so freaking crazy. Fun. <laughs> I can't wait. I mean, and hey, I'm just excited about Pixar Pier opening yep. later this Pixar month. Pixar Pier, and then you talk about a year after that. You know, they're they're expanding their Marvel area into California Adventure 2, which is, you know, only going to open things up more. So there's a lot of crazy things going on at the Disneyland Resort coming up over the next few years, and they have to do some things to kind of adjust, to just make it be a pleasurable experience. If you're going to spend a lot of money as it is, you want to at least be able to go onto some of these rides. And do. And they're doing some other things to help streamline things as well. I mean, they did the Max Pass this year, so it's easier to get Fast Passes while you're there. For those of you who are Walt Disney World, aficionados you know i mean fast passes are everywhere fast pass plus every ride in walt disney world has a fast pass for you in disneyland resort you don't know that only select rides at the disneyland resort have fast passes so it's a little trickier to get through some of these rides but uh you know that's helped and they also now just i believe it was just this last week have finally added the online ordering at the restaurants which is going to help cut your time if when you're in the parks so you don't have to wait in these lines and you can order your food from your phone from your line as you're waiting to go on uh, mission breakout or whatever you're waiting for midway mania and then pick up your food and go to the next thing so it's totally convenient yeah there're going to be a lot of things that are going to help streamline in the coming uh, in the coming couple of years. Uh, the next thing I wanted to bring up is that, uh, and I don't know if you saw this, but Run Disney, we are big Run Disney fans, yeah. uh, they recently had put a hold on all registration for the races that were coming up here over uh, the rest of this year. Actually, they'd already let you register for the Wine and Dine, which is the only Walt Disney World race that's uh, still to come this year. But the ones coming up uh, in 2020, excuse me, 2019, um, they had put a hold on 
they were supposed to go on sale uh, a few weeks back, but they had put a hold on, and they said they were trying to streamline the process. Well, apparently they have done that. Uh, they've announced the dates for when they're going to allow you to register uh, for a lot of these races, and it looks like now, rather than you know going to Disney and then going to a different site to actually register, they have all put it together on Disney's site. And I think that's one of the things they were talking about, streamlined to make it easier for you. Uh, you'll be able to pay with a gift Disney gift card if you want. Nice. You, you can pay, you know, through the Disney credit card. You can pay. It's just going to make things a lot easier for you, and uh, I, I kind of like that uh, rather than having this middleman. And of course, I'm sure Disney wants to handle things more themselves in house, so there are fewer problems. But anyway, so here are the dates coming up for registration for the races. So if you've already registered for the Wine and Dine Half Marathon. Uh, yes, still, you're still good with those. They're going to send you apparently uh, a way to, or show you a link to connect that race registration to the new Disney account. And that's another thing with it. You'll be signing in to, to go into these races. You'll be signing into whatever your, uh, Disney login is you'll be using. So you can keep things all within the same kind of area. Uh, as far as the Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend, which is January 9th through the 13th of next year. It's during my birthday. Nice. Uh, the pre-sale for annual pass holders, Disney Vacation Club members, and Golden Oaks residents will be on July 17th. It'll open up for general sales on July 19th. For the Disney Princess Half Marathon, which we're thinking about going to next year. Uh, we'll, we'll see about that one. Uh, that's February 21st through the 24th of next year. And the registration for that will open up for Vacation Club members, annual pass holders, Golden Oak residents on August 2nd. And for the general public on August 7th. Uh, for the Star Wars Rival Run Weekend, they've renamed it. It's right, no longer right. the dark side, I guess, because they don't really have a light side anymore since right now we're not having any races in California because of all the construction and various other reasons. Um, they've named it to the Rival Run Weekend. They also do have another virtual half marathon, nice. uh, which was uh, which is a lot of fun, and we both uh, did that yeah, this I'll last tell year. tell you about that sometime. Yeah, we will. As we go on through these, we will share all our fun little stories of this. But anyway... Uh, for annual pass holders, vacation club, et cetera. That'll be registration. That will be August 23rd, and general on sale is August 28th. So for those of you looking to get out there and race, if you haven't done it, I'm telling you, even if you're not really a runner, go out and sign up for a 5K. It is a blast. It is so fun. And you don't have to feel like you have to run the whole time. You can do a walk run or just a walk. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you need to kind of pick up the pace a little bit. They want to keep you within... The 16 minute per mile, but that's it's a fast walk. I it mean, it's really place. not that tough. They they give you lots of leeway, so you can take pictures with there's characters. All I mean, really, how often do you get to go through run through parks or you know when there's no one there and you're just kind of going through the parks and checking out all the sites and then here's characters here you can take a picture here's a backdrop here you can take a picture. It's so fun. It is, and everybody is really in you know happy and in a great mood, and it's just a, a wonderful experience, a wonderful fun time to do and then at the end like you said you get your medal and you go back in the parks later on during the day and you know you just feel good that you did something that was you know good for yourself and it was a lot of fun absolutely i i i think it's a blast you know it's really like it's inspired me i i've told you earlier in this podcast i've lost a tremendous amount of weight never thought i never when i first started i just like you know I didn't. I hated to run my whole life. I hated running. I still hate it. I know. Well, we we all go through that. I I, I hate it. I love it. I hate it. I love it. Yeah. Um, 
But I hated it. I never thought I would be a runner. And but I was looking for a way to get healthier. And I'm like, what can I do? I have 30 minutes. I can. What can I do that can do the most impact? So I started. Actually, I was aboard a Disney cruise, and we had gone through some crazy diet. So we were, you know, we wanted to eat all this great food on this Disney cruise. So we had gone through some this crazy diet where we were cutting out carbs, and it was just, it was annoying. We had headaches. We were angry at each other all oh, the time. It was it terrible. Just grumpy, grumpy. We lost weight, but we agreed. We're like, we're never going to do this again. But anyway, we've always been ones who get on the cruise ship, and we'll go walk around the deck to kind of burn off a lot of that food. That you so much food that you get on these cruises, uh, but I was on it. I was and I was going around some laps, and it was uh, Michelle was doing something else, so I was kind of on it on my own. So spa. I just like probably <laughs> darn that darn spa. I know. <laughs> uh, so I just decided to run a little bit, and I mean not a lot. I mean I hadn't done it in years, so I wasn't really ready to run a lot. But I decided to run a little bit. I'm like, hey, you know, I can do this. And so I started to run, walk, run, walk, mostly walk, run, walk, run, walk, run. And gradually it became, you know, walk, run, walk, run, walk, run. And it became run, walk, run, walk. And then it's pretty much run. And it's, you know, it's not easy. Uh, It's tough to get through. And like you said, it's not always fun when you're actually, especially when you're just doing these training runs, you know, out there running through your neighborhood or we like to run around the lake by our house or such, you know, it's not always fun. But when you start to see it show up in your body, when you start to feel healthier, and then when you can go out and take part in these fun Disney races or some other, you know, whatever local races. We had the rock and roll uh, half marathon, marathon in town today. And that's a fun place. I, we didn't get to enter this year. We may enter next year, but that's, you know, with bands all over music, people cheering you on. That's a lot of fun. It's nothing like a Disney race. Nothing is as fun as a Disney race, but it just inspires you. But again, if you haven't tried it, go out and just sign up for a 5k. They're a little pricey. But believe me, it's so worth it. It's just a magical experience. They say every mile is magic, and I truly believe that's true with Run Disney. Right. And, you know, as I mentioned before, there's so many, so much great energy around there. Everybody is happy. The staff come out and cheer people on as they're running through the parks. Um, when we went at Disney World recently and we ran part of the race through Epcot, there were staff, the cast members from the different countries out there with their flags. And I, I was thinking, when Tom mentioned that, he was a little ahead of me, a little flag, you know, one of those handheld flags. That, no, these people were holding on full-on, large-sized <laughs> flags coming out and cheering all the runners. Oh, yeah. So, it, it, you know, it just was such a warm feeling. And you just, I just couldn't wipe the smile off my face the whole time, even though I was sweating like crazy. Oh boy, that well, we're, we're Californians, so we've run, we, we've run on both coasts. This isn't, wasn't our first run out at uh, in Florida at Orlando, but you know we run in California all the time. So we're at San Diego, so you know our our weather just really couldn't be much better. We get out there, and there's that humidity. Oh boy, it takes a toll. But it, it was a crazy. It, it was a blast. It was a blast. Let me tell you. So. I think that's the, I, the main big. There's a couple other things I could go over, but I think that's good enough for our stories for this week. We can get into more next week uh, with our next podcast. But uh, before we leave, we wanted to be sure and get out, and we're going to do this uh, every week. Uh, get out a little park 
tip or cruise line tip or run Disney tip, something to kind of, uh, you know, to kind of help you. And we also want your help with this too. And at the end of this, uh, you know, we'll have, I'm going to tell you some ways you can contact us, but if you have any questions, comments for us, if you have your own tips, Hey, we'd love to hear your tips. There's many of you out there that have your own ways of attacking Disney parks and, and uh, other uh, possible Disney related areas that uh you know could come in handy that maybe we don't know and we'd love to share those with people as well so uh but anyway michelle do you have a a tip for everybody i do and you know i i was struggling uh, to narrow it down to which one i was going to talk about but i thought um since we did just introduce east coast west coast um michelle today i (laughs) i thought i would give a little bit of a you know kind of a tip of somebody who is coming from the east coast from florida who's been to disney world to Disneyland. And um, I've talked to a lot of people, my mom included, who was totally disappointed when they came out here. And mm-hmm. and it's just going with the right approach and the right mindset. Mm-hmm. I mean, Disney World is massive mm-hmm. and um, it, it is very spacious. It's got a lot of variety because you have all the different parks and the water parks and every hotel has a different theme. And it's, it's massive and so cool. Um, and Disneyland, uh, I guess the word charming might fit <laughs> that. Um, so for, for me, what made me really like it or love it, I should say, is having the approach of, A, this is a historical location. This is where Walt started it all. And so kind of going back and looking at it as, you know, being able to experience actually sitting in rides that Walt was in. And, you know, you don't get that at Disney World. Uh, And the other cool thing about it is because it's more condensed is in Disneyland, which in my brain is equivalent to Magic Kingdom over at at Disney World. uh, In the Disneyland park, there's a lot of things that you would have to go to multiple parks in Orlando mm-hmm. for. So, you know, when you talk about like star tours and, and those kind of rides, you'd have to go to different parks. So they're all here. And so um, I think that if you kind of have that mindset that you got to, first of all, know it is small in comparison. Yeah. Um, the castle is small. So again, going in there prepared mentally that, hey, what you're going to see is not Disney World. You're going to go see the, the start of this this organization. And it does still have some things that are very unique here. You know, the um, the different types of rides, the... Uh like Mission Breakout, which Mission is, you know, Breakout, I mean, yeah. uh, that was the Tower of Terror. For those of you on Walt Disney World, you know the Tower of Terror. Well, Mission Breakout is the Guardians of the Galaxy version of that. They've taken the Tower of Terror here and developed it uh, into a, actually it's a it's a bit more exciting ride. I mean, Tower of Terror is great. This thing is really fun, but you know, but there's lots of rides that are in in different parks that uh, all, all are combined together. And I agree with you. If you've only been to Walt Disney World, you may come to Disneyland at first and be like, oh, it's a little, a little small and everything. But you got to remember also that, you know, this was Walt's original dream. Think of it in that way. Think of it nostalgically. Think about the fact that he threw this thing together. I and mean, obviously they've expanded and built it out more. But the original park itself, he built in, I believe it was just one a, year. One year. Um, so they had to to you know cut some corners and do some tricks with some things to make things work but on, on the other side you know for those of us from the west coast you know and i'd gone through this for a while too and i know my family is like this and we're trying to convince them you know 
if you've only been to Disneyland, okay, th- this is one thing about Disneyland, I'll tell you, that if you do more than like three straight days in Disneyland, it can get a, it's a little much. Three, maybe four tops, but three days you got everything done over a couple times, okay? Walt Disney World, if you go for only three or four days, you haven't even barely scratched the surface. Right. There was so much to do right. at Walt Disney World. But like I said, that's the good thing about it. Like you were discussing before, when you go to Disneyland, you can go there and get things done. You can just be there for a long weekend and, and really knock it out and have a good time. And it's, it's just kind of a quick thing. But Walt Disney World, you really need to kind of be there for a week. And you, even if you're there for a week, I mean, you're going to walk away going, I didn't do that. Right. Why didn't we get a chance to do that? I didn't get to do this. God, we got to come back and do this. Uh, it, it is funny how the, the different parks are different. Right. And, and just doing the approach differently. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for that many Disneyland Paris uh, is a lot kind of like I kind of compare it more like Disneyland in the fact that it is also very small, small. and compact. Although they are, they finally Disney has finally bought up the shares of that park. It was you know they were you know kind of just Advisors. consultants mm-hmm. there, and some other people owned most of it. Well, they saw how it was kind of falling off, and they've decided to just go ahead and purchase up the rest of those stocks. They've thrown a billion dollars into that place, and they're doing all sorts of new things, and I expect the next time we go back, we've been there twice, I expect the next time we go back, it'll be a much different experience. So, My tip for you is actually not so much a tip, and it's for those of you who, it's more of a little secret, and you know, it's not, it's not like it's a secret that's not known there there it is out there some people but maybe you don't know this and it takes it takes place i know you know this it takes at it's at the disneyland resort and for those of us that are there maybe you're with your kids and they love this ride michelle's son my stepson scott he loves this ride it's the Winnie the Pooh ride, okay? And the Winnie the Pooh ride is a cute little ride. We love Winnie the Pooh and Piglet oh, yeah. and Tigger and all them, you know. But it is this quaint little ride, and there's not much to it. But as an adult, I'm going to tell you one little thing that's a little fun when you go on this ride that maybe gives you a little more excitement when you're on there. For those of you from Southern California who remember, from those of you who live on the other coast that go to Walt Disney World, you know the Country Bear Jamboree is still there, and it's still running. For those of you in a Disneyland resort, you may remember the Country Bear Jamboree, and it's not, it's not there anymore, but it was replaced by the Winnie the Pooh ride in that exact same spot. Well, they left a little piece of the Country Bear Jamboree there in that ride. So, if you want to find it, if you go and take the ride, go through it, and after you get, I believe it's right after the Heffalump and Woozles room. That's right. If you get out of there, before you get to Pooh's birthday party, if you just kind of, you want to be in the front seat. It's tougher in the back seat of the car, but if you're in the front seat, if you, as you exit that area, if you look up and behind you a little bit, you will see the heads of Max, Buff, and Melvin, the three characters that are mounted on the wall in Country Bear Jamboree. They have left them there. So it's kind of a little nod back to this used to be the Country Bear Jamboree, and it's a little fun. And it's just a little, you know, again, the, the poo ride, it is what it is. You, you know, you, you love it, you hate it, you're, you, no one's really excited, I think, to get on the poo ride. But this may add a little bit of spice to it the next time your kids want you to go on to it a, a couple times. Right. And it's wonderful that the company really, you know, did a nod to no, the nostalgia of that 
original Country Bear Jamboree. Absolutely. I thought it was a lot of fun. I remember when I first found out about it, I was so excited to go in the poo ride. Never been excited to go in the poo ride I before, know. you know? So. So that's it for this week. Uh, we want to thank you for joining us here on the Hyperion Adventures podcast. Uh, next week coming up, uh, we are actually going to get lucky enough that we are going this week to a screening, an early screening of Incredibles 2. Can't wait. Up in L.A. Uh, so we will, you, you'll be able to see it online. We'll have maybe some quick little, uh, just a little teaser of it. But we will give a spoiler-free review here on the podcast next week and of course any other seems like there's disney stories coming out all the time now uh, you know especially with summer hitting here so we will be talking about all that stuff that happened and you can also follow us throughout the week we'll post these stories that we may be talking about if you want to find us on social media at we're on twitter at hyperion podcast facebook and instagram it's hyperion adventures podcast on the web the website's not quite done yet I expect it to be done this week uh, but you will soon be able to find us. We'll let you know when that happens. It's going to be HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And, of course, if you have anything you'd like tips on, any questions, if you just want to say hi to us, again, you can address us on those social media uh, posts, or you can contact us on through email at the HyperionAdventuresPodcast at gmail.com. Again, I'm Tom, and she is Michelle. We'd love to talk with you. Uh, if you Like you said, if you have any tips of your own, that we think are great, or you think are great, and we, we'll be happy to share them. We'll give you full credit for them. Absolutely. Yeah, so um, please, please be in touch with us. But anyways, thank you. Thank you so much for thank listening uh, to our debut episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We're looking forward to doing this every week on Sundays. Probably is going to be mostly when we tape these. Uh, they may be out Sunday, maybe Monday, but that's probably mostly when it's going to happen. And we do have some guests possibly lined up here in the near future that I think you all uh, be interested in listening to. Thank you again and we will talk to you next week. <laughs>